Travels by Broomstick comes to you from South Wales, the land of the dragon. Oh, and sheep. We got lots of sheep. Welcome to all you good people out there in podcast land. So let's get the broomstick out the garage and off we go. Today's journey takes us to the Transylvanian restaurant, which was situated in Park Street, Bristol, England. The Transylvanian restaurant opened in January 2018, managed by Alan Sherbin. It served authentic Romanian cuisine, with all the produce being locally sourced and supplied fresh to the restaurant every day. All dishes were made to order, giving a freshly prepared experience. Although the hearty meat heavy Romanian meals were the speciality, those looking to dine with Dracula but wanting something that was a little more conventional could enjoy Italian classics and a fantastic vegan and vegetarian menu. The most popular dish on the menu was called Dracula's Favourite, which was a dish that featured a great combination of cooked lean pork with smoked sausage accompanied with cheesy polenta topped with a happy little fried egg and gherkins. Inspired by Dracula himself, this really was to die for. This was especially delicious when paired with the legend of Dracula Pinot Noir, a Romanian red wine with intense notes of red berries and dark chocolate, medium bodied with hints of vanilla on the palate. As soon as you stepped through the door, you were greeted by Dracula himself. You would then walk up the stairway, passing flickering candles in the tall wrought iron sconce candelabras and dangling bats above your head. As you climbed the stairs, you passed a framed photo of Dracula's castle in Transylvania. Once you reach the top and walked into the restaurant itself, you step into Dracula's lair. Blood red curtains, black tablecloths, flickering candles in beautiful candelabras, gorgeously gothic photographs of pale skinned women with blood red lips and pointy fangs. I think I married one of them. Looking up, bats are spinning above your head. Spooky mannequins of Dracula's friends can be seen. This all added to the atmosphere that made the Transylvanian restaurant so unique. The first time that we visited the Transylvania restaurant was on the 23rd of October 2018. We didn't quite know what to expect, but we were very pleasantly surprised. The decor was gorgeously gothic, and Dracula had most certainly had me under his hypnotic thrall. <laughs> Everywhere you looked, there was something seriously spooky and vampire-related. As I sat at the table ready to dine, I felt like Mia Harker, or Queen Akasha, or Celine from Underworld, only a lot less leather. And all this got me thinking, are vampires real? Have I inadvertently stumbled on a secret vampire cult? Is this restaurant the equivalent of the nightclub in Blade? Maybe I should have chosen the steak to protect myself instead of the chicken schnitzel. There have been many interesting and terrifying tales of vampires throughout history. A little disclaimer, as today we will be talking about some very gory and gruesome stories with you, so listener discretion is advised. One particular story is that of the Atlas Vampire, from Stockholm in Sweden. On May the 4th, 1932, Lily Lundström was found dead in her apartment. The 31-year-old had suffered blunt force trauma to her head. 
Lily was face down on the bed, completely naked, with her body drained of all her blood. Next to her body, there was a gravy ladle, and police suspected that this had been used by the perpetrator to drink all of Lily's blood. Lily was a sex worker, and all her clients fell under suspicion. But after a lengthy investigation, the murder remained unsolved. The crime scene was completely clean. Even Lily's clothes had been neatly folded up on a chair beside her bed. Although by modern standards, Lily's bedroom was actually full of evidence, with the murderer's saliva being found on her neck and body, as they had engaged in sex before or during the murder, and his fingerprints were all over the ladle. But in 1932, DNA testing did not exist. Could the killer have been a real vampire? <laughs> Dracula is a gothic horror novel written by Bram Stoker, which was published in 1897. It is one of the most famous pieces of English literature. It is said that Bram Stoker got his inspiration for Dracula from Vlad the Impaler, also known as Vlad Dracula. His name had its origins from his father's name, Vlad Dracul, meaning Vlad the Dragon. His father was given this name after his induction into the Christian crusading order known as the Order of the Dragon. In modern Romania, Dracul means the devil, which has also contributed to Vlad's reputation. Vlad was born in Transylvania, Romania, and he ruled Wallachia, Romania off and on from 1456 to 1477. Vlad's territory was a site of constant turmoil due to the warring factions of Christian-ruled Europe and the Muslim-ruled Ottoman Empire. Vlad earned his nickname as Vlad the Impaler because his favourite way to dispatch his enemies was to impale them on a wooden stake. There were two ways the people would be impaled. The most common way would be to pierce the unfortunate victim through the navel or the heart with the sharpened end of the wooden stake, leaving them to die a relatively quick death. But if you wanted to torture your victim and make an example of them, you would take the round end of the stick, grease it, pull the victim's legs apart and insert it into the person's rear end and gradually the stake would work its way through the body, which would usually take a good few days, causing an incredibly slow and painful death. It was said that Vlad invited his enemies to his castle to dine with him, and once they entered the castle, he had 500 of them impaled. During his campaign against the Ottoman invaders in 1462, Vlad reportedly had as many as 20,000 victims impaled on the banks of the River Danube. Vlad's appetite for violence often surpassed the bloodlust of his enemies. Sultan Mehmed II was quoted to say, How can we despoil of his estates a man who is not afraid to defend it by such means as these? deciding, after being totally aghast when seeing the decaying corpses of about 23,000 of his own men lined up in stakes for some 60 miles around the capital of Targovista, that anyone willing to go to such extreme lengths to save his kingdom deserves to keep it. There are some particularly gruesome accounts that claim that Vlad enjoyed dining among the impaled bodies and would even dip his bread into their blood. It is these gruesome stories that were said to have sparked Bram Stoker's imagination to create Count Dracula. Vlad may have been known as a bloodthirsty and brutal ruler, but many people supported his strong defence of Wallachia from the Ottoman forces, especially Christian Europe, as a threat to Europe was deemed a threat to Christendom, and therefore the Pope. 
In fact, Pope Pius II expressed adoration for Vlad's military feats and he brought protection stability to a vulnerable region. Vlad is seen as being a just and heroic ruler who fought bravely to liberate his people. The Mercy Brown incident occurred in Rhode Island in the United States of America in 1892. Several members of George and Mary Brown's family suffered a sequence of tuberculosis infections. <coughs> At that time, tuberculosis, or consumption as it was called then, was a much feared deadly disease. The mother of the family, Mary Elizabeth, was the first to die of this disease, followed in 1884 by their eldest daughter, Mary Olive. In 1891, their daughter Mercy and their son Edwin also contracted tuberculosis. Mercy died in January 1892, age 19. Friends and neighbors of the family believe that one of the deceased members of the Brown family was a vampire and had caused the illness in the family. George Brown, the father, was persuaded to give permission to exhume his dead family members. On March 17, 1892, villagers, the local doctor, and a newspaper reporter exhumed the bodies. Mary Eliza and Mary Olive exhibited the expected level of decomposition, but Mercy exhibited almost no decomposition, and her corpse still had blood in her heart. This, so they thought, was a sure sign that she was an undead creature of the night, a vampire, and responsible for the deadly disease. As superstition dictated, Mercy's heart and liver were burned, and the ashes were mixed with water to create a tonic. This was administered to the sick son Edwin to drink, in an effort to cure his illness and stop the influence of his undead sister. Sadly, Edwin succumbed to the disease only two months later. This case is one of the best documented of all exhumations of corpses in order to perform rituals to banish the undead manifestation. This incident was part of the New England Vampire Panic, which was a reaction to the outbreak of tuberculosis. Many bodies were exhumed, and the internal organs ritually burned as a way to stop the vampire from attacking the local population. Vampire superstition thrived in the Dark Ages, especially as there was no modern doctors or medicines, so their understanding of certain illnesses were often blamed on vampires or witches. As the plague decimated entire towns, the disease often left behind bleeding mouth lesions on its victims, which to the uneducated was a sure sign of vampirism. A disease called propheria, a disorder of the blood, also causes vampire-like symptoms. These include an extreme sensitivity to sunlight and the illusion of fangs as the gums recede exposing the teeth that are often stained reddish-brown. Some physicians even recommended that patients drink blood to compensate for the defect in their own red blood cells. The sufferers would also have a severe aversion to garlic, as the sulfur content of the garlic could lead to an attack of porphyria. When a suspected vampire died, their bodies were often disinterred to search for signs of vampirism. As in the case of Mercy Brown, burning of the vital organs or of an entire corpse was the way to stop the vampire from rising. Other methods included decapitation, a stake through the heart, or a stone placed between the jaws. The Blood Countess Vampire Elizabeth Bathory was born around 1560. She had a lavish lifestyle, was well educated and was very wealthy. But she suffered from seizures that were most probably caused by epilepsy. The treatments that she received for this condition included rubbing the blood of someone who did not have epilepsy on her lips. 
and making a tonic from a mixture of blood and the skull of a deceased person that did not have epilepsy and then drinking it. At the age of 13, Elizabeth allegedly gave birth to a child that was fathered by a peasant boy, but Elizabeth had an arranged marriage and she was betrothed to 18-year-old Count Ferent Nadesty. So the child was given away to a local woman and taken to Wallachia where the woman was paid off to keep this a secret. In May 1575, Elizabeth married the Count who gave her his castle as a wedding gift. There the Count would teach his wife ways to torture people and even set her up with her very own torture chamber. For his wife's pleasure, he had a girl restrained, lathered in honey and ravaged by insects. The Count also gifted his wife with gloves spiked with claws so she could thrash her servants when they made mistakes. The Count was an ambitious soldier and was often away from the castle and Elizabeth was known to have many lovers, but while the Count was away, Elizabeth was said to enjoy torturing and killing young girls aged between 10 and 14 years old. At first, they were servants at her castles and the daughters of local peasants, but between 1602 and 1604, rumours spread throughout the kingdom that Elizabeth began killing the daughters of the lesser gentry who were sent to Elizabeth by their parents to learn etiquette. It is said that Elizabeth believed that drinking the blood of these young virgin girls would preserve her youthfulness and good looks. Elizabeth was said to have tortured her victims by sticking needles into her victims' lips and other body parts, as well as sticking needles under their fingernails. She would stab them with scissors and she would even bite off the flesh from their breasts, face and limbs. Elizabeth would then bathe in the blood of her victims. It was said that she killed over 650 people, having her most trusted servants help abduct the young girls and then help her to dispose of their corpses in the graveyards at the dead of night. Elizabeth and the Count had four children together and were together for 29 years until his death on January the 4th, 1604. In 1610, an investigation took place to look into the suspicious deaths and disappearances in the local area. On the 13th of December 1612, Elizabeth Bathory was arrested along with her servants. Her servants were accused of being her accomplices. The servants were found guilty and sentenced to be executed, while Elizabeth was found guilty and sentenced to remain in her castle. She was sealed in a windowless tower for the rest of her life. Elizabeth Bathory died in 1614 at the age of 54. And that was the story of the Blood Countess Vampire. We visited the Transylvania restaurant on multiple occasions and we went for a delicious Easter meal. This meal had five courses which included bruschetta, soup, a coloured red egg and the main course which was of course Dracula's favourite and the dessert which was fruitcake. It was an amazing meal so we had to go back for your birthday. Ah oh, yes, my birthday meal in October was fantastic. We shared a Romanian meat platter featuring char-grilled butterfly chicken, char-grilled pork chops and homemade sausages. It was called Dracula's Feast. Sadly, the restaurant is now closed, but I'm really glad we got to experience the food and, of course, the spooktacular atmosphere. However, Alan does have an amazing Pearl nightclub situated at 10 to 12 Triangle South in Bristol. It's Bristol's exclusive Afro-Caribbean nightclub playing the best of Afrobeats, Bashman, Hip Hop and more. 
It opens at 10pm and closes at 4am and is available for private hire, parties, live gigs, etc. So go check it out. So as always, how many brooms would you rate the Transylvania restaurant? Well, I rated the restaurant five brooms, but unfortunately now it's closed. So out of today's vampire stories, which one was your favourite? I like the one about the blood countess. Oh yes, she was very... Bloodthirsty. That's exactly what she was. <laughs> so do you have a favourite book or movie or TV series that's about vampires? Yeah, I like the Underworld series. I think that was really good. Yes, I agree. Underworld is a good one. I also like the original Dracula, Dracula Dead and Loving It with Leslie Nielsen, Dracula 2000. I like Lost Boys, Fangs, Van Helsing, Fright Night. There's just so many good vampire movies. Okay, but don't forget the older ones with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. The Hammer Horror, they were really good as well. They were classics, absolutely iconic. In fact, we actually need to go to Whitby to see more of Bram Stoker. So my last question is, do you believe in vampires? Well, I think there's a medical condition that gives the symptoms of vampirism. But as for real vampires, I don't think so. What about the sort of vampires that steal your energy? I don't have any energy. (laughs) It's because I'm a vampire. (laughs) Shock horror. Well, we're off to suck some blood now. We hope you had a magical time. Please like and subscribe and turn on episode notifications.